Well, I, I'm just going to talk from our reading today. Um, actually, Hebrews, I've been seeing some stuff in Hebrews. Anybody been reading along here? Uh, actually, I missed writing a couple days because I was, was kind of busy. But um, uh, So I, I noticed in Hebrews, because there's, you know, there's so many times we can get, we can go to one verse and we can get something out of it. It's really good and everything. <laughs> but it's kind of interesting to be, to, to look at what Paul's kind of talking about on a, on a kind of an overview. And, and he seems to be kind of concerned, especially in these first few, four chapters anyway, about people falling away and, and how, how we fall away. And what does that look like? It looks like disobedience. And, and it, and it's right associated with the hardness of heart. And, um, Man, we can start thinking about somebody that's like that, can't we? We say, "Man, I know who that's for." <laughs> but I think he's. What, I want to say, what, what's, how are we? How are we even vulnerable to this kind of stuff? You know, and um, uh, so he he acts like he's very concerned about this that we don't fall away. How many have known somebody to fall away? How many have fallen away? <laughs> you know. And, and, and what makes us susceptible to that? And, and um, so I'd like to look at, at, at something that he talks about here that's not talked about a lot of other places, but it's, it's resting. And we're going to look at what, I think there's two sides to this. There's, there's a rest that we experience, but then there's a resting from one thing that it enables action in another way that is very necessary. And, um, and and faith is involved with both of them. How many need to rest once in a while? <laughs> my, my dad just just went to heaven uh, a couple days ago. And my days are getting all mixed up. Um, I was trying to get up there in time, and I got the call in the. I was waiting for a plane in Dallas, and um, got the call there. So I didn't get to be there, but I, I've been there with him and. It's not him anyway, and you know, um, and he was having a hard time getting rest. You know, that was part of the, the challenge that he was getting. And, and man, it's you can't think, you can't, you know, it's it's not good. You need you need to get rest because what rest does is it, is it enables action. You know, <laughs> right? And so, would somebody go back and get my glasses off my? I went back there and changed, and I left my glasses off, and I. Uh, I'm not gonna go. No, <laughs> I don't think. I don't know if I can see with those. Um, so he he starts talking about this in the in the third chapter of Hebrews, and let's just go ahead and look at this. I, I'm just gonna go through some some of these verses, and we can draw some stuff out. Is this good? Uh, because I, I, there's there's some connections to things that we already have that require more than just uh, getting information. We say this a lot, but. But uh, there, there's, there's an associated putting to silence of one thing with, with, that makes this rest wonderful. So I, I love singing. Don't you like singing these songs we sang? I, um, uh, and, and that last song was one that actually comes from this. There's a rest for us to take. And this actually comes from the Old Testament. And it talks about that God prepared a rest for his people. What that, that It was a rest from things that they were trying to do themselves that they could not accomplish. 
And it was a, a resting from that and an entering into his provision that, that comes from that. But it required obedience. <laughs> and, and there's, you know, my, my dad, uh, I need to go back and look through. Lindsay's doing this right now. She went through all his notes and, and organizing them for her. But, but he did a whole thing about the commands that we have in the New Testament. You know, so, so much in uh, the time we want to say, well, grace is the removal of commands. We don't have, don't you tell me to do anything. No. <laughs> so he, dad went through it and, and looked at all the things that we're told to do in, in the New Testament. And Paul does a lot. There's a lot of things we're told to do. Now, they're, they're not, they're not, there's not a curse involved if we don't, but we're not going to experience rest if we don't. And this is partly kind of what I want to look towards is because if we're experiencing something that is, that is troublesome, we're not resting. And we're going to see that, how, how to activate that somewhat, okay? So let's look at, at uh, Hebrews 3.12. And be careful then. I thought we weren't supposed to be careful about anything. Well, we're supposed to tend to some things and, and be aware of some things when they're out of line, right? Because... We have an enemy that's wanting to defeat us, and, and the way he will defeat us is in, this, in the very areas that will disable actions of faith. If he can get us to be active in other things, we're not going to be able to do those. We're not going to be awake to do what, to righteousness, right? So we need to be careful. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters, make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving. He's not talking to the unsaved, is he? He said brothers and sisters. So this means as wonderful as we are, as, as many scriptures as we know about who we are in Christ and everything else, there still needs to be some care about this, okay? That you don't allow your heart to be evil and unbelieving Turning you away from the living God. And we're going to see what this ends up being. You must warn each other every, <coughs> every day while it is still today. So that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. This is why we need each other. Partly this accountability thing. You know what my dad, what we used to say all the time was, are you looking up? <laughs> Wasn't there a movie about that? <laughs> recently about looking up. Uh, but that's what he, he, they would always, are you looking up? There's always a reminder. Are you looking where you need to be looking? Are you always focusing where you need to be focusing? Um, he says, while it is still today, we there's not much time left. We don't have much time. And every day that's going by is, 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 is like, it's a wisp. It's going by so fast. And we need to be taking care of this. Okay, let's go down to the... Uh, um, so there, there, there's, we need to be aware. You know, there's another place that talks about this. It says, have no confidence in your flesh. Have no confidence. We can, we can feel like, well, I'm doing pretty good. I can, I can allow something to happen, right? Or I can think on this, or I can, I can do this thing. And he, he said, no, it's, it's not just... It's not just your flesh, it's your heart. And what happens is, is your heart can become hardened 
to where it's not ready to respond to the voice of the Spirit. And that's where it gets dangerous. And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that he would never, that they would never enter his rest? Who was God talking to when he told them they would never get to enter into his rest? His people. The very ones he had made the promise of the rest too, right? So what disabled that for them? Uh, and let's look at this. Wasn't it the people who did what? Disobeyed him. So sometimes when we're thinking about resting, I, I like to rest. I like to lay down on the couch and rest. You know, sometimes, when does rest feel the best? It's like when you're tired, right? It's like when, when, when your muscles need to relax and, and, and that's taking place, right? Um, so when we're looking at this reference to rest, though, I think it's important to understand that maybe it's not just the lack of action. It's what the action is. Because he's talking about, what is disobedience? That's not doing something you're supposed to do, isn't it? It's, it's not, <laughs> it's the lack of action, but it's, it, he, he's calling this, the thing that will keep us from resting is disobedience. Can you see that? So there's this direct relationship between resting and obedience. <laughs> You can't sleep until you did what you're supposed to do, right? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. Okay, so what does that mean? And how does it relate to us? Because, I mean, we're not in the wilderness, and we weren't told to go into the promised land. But you know what? We, I think we referred to this last Sunday. We were given some promises that God takes very seriously. And when he gives us a promise, he considers it, Something we're either going to obey or we're going to keep from entering into his provision of rest by what he considers to be disobedience. Can you see that? <laughs> All right. This isn't too complicated, is it? Yeah. All right. Let's just keep going through this. So Hebrews 4, he continues with it and he's very concerned. He's very concerned about brothers and sisters not uh, emulating the children of Israel in the wilderness rather than the new creation in Christ. Why would Paul be so, he, isn't he a faith man? Doesn't he believe in us? <laughs> he's aware of the enemy's schemes. The enemy doesn't ever stop doing what he's doing. God doesn't ever stop being holy. Satan doesn't ever stop lying, <laughs> you know? And, and what's he gonna lie about? Whether or not we really need to do what God said, that happened in the garden, didn't it? Did God really say? You know what I think is so wonderful about this is, is God's not looking to, to uh, judge us for, for where we're at at the moment. He just wants us to begin to respond. And he'll take us where, where we'll go. That's why it's so important to hear this right now. Is... He's going to take us, and we'll, and we'll see. Let's, let's keep going here. Because this is a relational thing that he's, he's calling us into. 
It's, it's not just, he's not just saying, well, you better do this. I've experienced that in, in, in church. I don't know if y'all have or not, but you know, it's like, and, and, then, you get, and then you really feel bad, so you guess like, I guess I need to do this. And it's, it's not so much that there's, there's something we're missing out on. And, and, and that's why God is so, so passionate about it. He says, I got this promise for you, and here's how you do it. It goes to any performance-related thing, you know? Teaching a baseball technique, uh, you know? You can, you can show a child how to do it. You can, I've done this, you know, there's piano technique. You're not supposed to rest your hand on the side of the piano. You're supposed to hold it up like this. And you can tell somebody how to do it, but if they don't do it, what are they doing they're disobeying you, and they're not enabled to perform. See the, <laughs> and so what, what God says when he's showing us his way, he's not just seeing it as a nice suggestion that we can take or leave and, and, and lean on grace to just squeak into heaven. He's looking at it as disobedience. He's shown us a promise. He's shown us a way to do something, and and he considers it to be disobedience. He said, I, I've, I've given you a promised land. And now for some reason, you think you can't go in there, or you're, but you're not. <laughs> That's the main thing. I think these promises that we have in God, they're not optional things. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to be in health. He wants us to be successful. And he has a way for that to happen. And when we don't take that way, he doesn't just, he still loves us. He's, he's not, he's not going to destroy us for it. But we're not entering into a rest. I mean, he did this to the, to the children of Israel. He said, who, who did he say you're never going to enter into my rest? His people. You know, th this goes to, you know, the, the, the scripture where it says faith comes by hearing. And here we say that all the time. And you know what it's talking about there? The children of Israel that hurt it the most and didn't respond to it. <laughs> it says faith comes by hearing, but you better do something with it or you don't enter into the rest that it provides. Can you see that? All right. All right. Did I even start on this? I didn't, did I? God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Huh. So this, this is not like just like a nice, a nice thought that we can forget between here and next Wednesday, according to Paul, right? Isn't it amazing how many of these things are just pivotal? Like we can't live without them. You know what I mean? Now, I think they're interwoven with other things. So it's, 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 it's a wonderful, you know, coming together of, of, of revelation that, that makes this happen. But he says, we should tremble in fear that we're failing to enter in to what God has provided for us because he considers it to be disobedience when we don't. When we, when we start whining and saying we can't do something, he doesn't just consider that to be well, sights, he sees it to be disobedience, right? Yeah. 
For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. Right? But it did them how much good? No good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. <laughs> I really feel sorry for us because now we're responsible. <laughs> Don't feel sorry for us, but you know what I mean? And, and it, it, there's a scripture that talks about that. You, it would almost been better off if you hadn't found out about this because now you're responsible for it. Right? He said, this is the same thing that they got, a promise from God that either we're going to do what it says or if we decide not to for whatever reason, he sees that as disobedience. Now, you know what? All those people that died in the wilderness, <laughs> he loved every single one of them. They had the same promise. They just didn't get the rest. In the day of grace that we're living in, today is the day that he's made. It's a day of provision where his grace comes in. We're going to see this. He, we have a throne of grace we can go to now because we, we can't do this on ourselves. Right? I, I don't know about you, but I can. It's like, wow, that's just too much. <laughs> it's like, can I say that about that call we had, one of the things that were said on the call about my dad? How? Oh. I won't say it. I, I, that might not be appropriate. but um. <laughs> You know, we have a high standard. It doesn't mean we don't go for it because it's so high. In fact, we're motivated to go where we can be enabled to do that. And this is, this is where we, we can be drawn to. And we'll, we'll get to it. Okay. Hebrews uh, 4, 6. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because, because what? They disobeyed. Man, there's a whole bunch of correlation between resting and obedience. Right? It's not just a lack of action and, you know, oh, God, no. I just, because I, I, I had a light bulb about something true about God, now I can just, I don't have to do anything anymore. This is great. <laughs> That's not it. No. You got a light bulb, now you get to do. And it's in the doing of what he's told us to do that we get free from what we can't do. Isn't this good? All right. So God set another time for entering his rest. Aren't you glad? That that old thing, just it didn't work. <laughs> you got two out of what, how many, five million? <laughs> that made it, Right? So God said another time for entering his rest. Aren't you glad that God has, this is his passion for us, is a rest? Amen? And that time is today. <laughs> we don't have to wait. It's right now. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. So, what we find out here is that a lack of response to what God says, he doesn't just see it as a, as a mental thing. He sees it as a heart thing. Right. He sees it, it's like a lot of people want to say this. And, and they're almost just revealing their spiritual age maybe. 
I don't know. No condemnation, right? But you can't say, well, God knows my heart because he, ho- he knows your heart by your response. Your heart is not going to be different than your response. <laughs> they're, they're, they're directly connected, right? And your ability to enter into rest is directly connected to the condition of your heart that will be evidenced in your obedience, okay? All right. And we say, okay, what's, what's obedience? Remember, Jesus said the same thing. He said, you know, you say you love me and you don't obey me, you don't. You're just a flat-out liar. Man, Jesus called people liar. He didn't know the liar, liar, pants on fire part of that, but, right? That didn't translate into whatever he spoke, Aramaic. Hebrews 4, 9. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. And for all who have entered into God's rest have rested from what? And here's part of the cool thing that I saw in this. From their labors. So obedience to his works brings rest from our works. And you can't have both. I mean, you can't have both works going on at the same time. So where does the rest part come? It comes in the release from our struggles in our own ability to do something. Isn't that good? Amen? And so when we respond to him, there might be way more activity going on, but it feels good because it's not us doing it anymore. It's God doing it. Can you see that? They've rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best. It, one translation, I think, says, let us labor to enter in to rest. So that, and it sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? It sounds like something that, you know, we can't do, right? <laughs> so how do you labor? Well, you start responding to what he said. Amen? Oh, man, this is so good stuff. Is this good stuff? All right. Mark says something. He says, there is no unexpressed thanks. When you're thankful for something, there will be an expression of it. Isn't that good? All right. So if you get something, you can go ahead and say, thank you, God, or something. I think that's what amen means, right? All right. So let us do our best to do what? Enter that rest. What's that? That's where our labor cease and his increase. Amen? But, now look at this. It says, let us enter labor to enter into his rest. But if we disobey God, that, that means if we're not entering into his rest, we are disobeying. Can you see that? But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. Huh. So there's failure. That's why he says, man, you, you, you need to be scared about this. You need to be trembling. This does not sound like something that you'd be getting from a faith preacher, does it? You know? Well, you better be really careful. Well, 
it needs to be important enough to us to where we, we, we make it a priority. It's not getting put on the back burner. When God says something, I'm going to be responding, right? Hebrews 4.12. Now, th- this is really interesting because he's, he's going on talking about obedience and entering into rest and, you know, and ceasing from our labors that go right together. And then he starts saying this, and this is what I'm talking about. So a lot of times we try to, we, we go right to this, and it's like, it's like Paul changed gears, started talking about something else. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. And we, and, and we make it like it's a new subject. But it starts with four. And he's saying, okay, for, for what we've gotten from God, it's not, just, it's not just scriptures. Sometimes we just call the scriptures the word of God. No, it's God talking, right? Yeah. It says, for God, when he speaks, it's alive and it's powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. This sounds like more than just something that we can wield on somebody. It's doing something to us. What is it doing? It's helping us to see where our labors need to cease and his need to take over. Isn't this wonderful? I think this is one of the biggest battles that we have. When we get born again, we're still in a flesh. We're still in the natural. And the battle's always gonna be, is he gonna win or is the flesh gonna win? And the word of God comes along to help us with that. It divides between these things. And it helps you to be able to see what the difference is. Helps you to see what, what God is saying and where I need to cease. That's what I'm seeing in this. Isn't this cool? Where it's coming, it's coming from this resting, it's coming from this ceasing from laboring, it says, because the word of God is quick and it's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's like he was saying all that so he could get to this, to support that. You know what I mean? Why? Because what we have in a relationship with God is what God says to us is not a small thing. And either we respond to it in, in obedience or we're kept from the rest it's there to provide for us. Can you see that? Man, this is good, isn't it? Isn't it cool good? Man, there's just some really cool good stuff. Right? It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. You know what? We get so used to just thinking thoughts that we've been thinking all our life, you know, and, and, and we, we can even think it's okay. And if it's not, we need help. Because what it's doing is it's keeping us from responding to what God's heart is. So that's why we need his word. We can't rely on our thoughts. (laughs) Right? It exposes our... I don't want to be spouting off my thoughts about something. I would rather have the word expose the things that are, that are contrary from God's heart and for them to become quiet. Remember there was that song, silence is golden gold. 
but my eyes still see. I, I didn't understand. Oh, I knew that one phrase. Anyway, but I, I like that. Silence is golden. And in this case, it is. When it's our thoughts that are opposed to him, they need to become silent. They need to be exposed for what they are. And then they need to be, they, they need to be put to death. <laughs> they need to be silenced, right? And our desires. No, he didn't come to make it so that we can just get whatever we want. You know, he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, what happens? Your thoughts are exposed. Your, your desires are, are exposed. And now, the only thing living now, Galatians 2.20, it's no longer I that lives anymore, but it's Christ that lives in me. And now I will ask for whatever I want because my want is aligned with his. And I will have it because it's in line. Amen. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. Huh. So he considers, you know, there's so much of, of, of what Paul refers to in, in the purpose of the cross. The, the end result of it is what we're doing. It's good works. I mean, you would think that that's, you know, the law or something. But no, he, he wants to accomplish that in us. Why? For our rest. When we're doing his good works, ours have died and we're yoked up with him now. And we're empowered to do those good works. And we're released from those things that are so constricting and binding in our own desires, in our own thoughts. Can you see this? Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's just too cool good. Okay. Now I just come up with that. That's a pretty good little phrase. All right. Hebrews 4.14. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God. Aren't you grateful for this? <laughs> What is a priest? That's somebody that gets in between where you need to be and where you are and takes you there. Isn't that good? Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This sounds like what we've been talking about on Sundays, right? Let's hold firmly to this. And in this case, he's saying, you know what? If we don't, we're going to fall. And, and, you know, a lot of times when people fall as a result of this, they start blaming God and each other and everything else. And it was their own choice, right? And we have a warning. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. Don't you like this? Man, this helps me so much because I know a lot. I know a lot of my weaknesses, but I'm sure I don't know them all. And I can, I can... <laughs> Satan will use our understanding of our weaknesses to disable us completely, right? And how do, we, how do we defend against that? We have this relationship with him. That's why we say, and I will rest. I will rest. I will rest where? In the Lord, in the relationship that I have with him. For he faced all the same testings we do, 
Yet he did not sin. So, don't you like this? So we have the word of God. What is the word of God? It exposes those things. <laughs> it exposes those things in us that, are, that need to be quiet. Oh, we have a loud voice. It just wants to say what we want and, and what should be based upon our in elevated in, intellectual ability. My experience, you know, this is what happens in the world is as long as you know somebody that's going through something, that qualifies it to be right. Have you, have you noticed that? It's like somebody is experiencing some kind of a identity deal or something, and as long as they're a close enough friend to you or a family member, I guess you're going to have to compromise because that makes it so. And it's, you know what? The closer we get to this family member, he's going to make everything else have to line up with it. Amen? So, uh, so, so do, what do we do there? So we have the word of God that exposes those things that are out of line with him. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when this stuff happens, it's like, oh man, this is a weight. I can't do this. So what do we do? It's a weakness. It's a weakness. You know, something that's weak, that I have weakness in, you don't. You know, that doesn't make me worse or less than you, right? That just means we all have the same need to go to the place that Jesus made for us. Don't you like it? It's called a throne of grace. <laughs> Amen. But don't you like this though? Because it's, it's in this context, because the purpose of the throne of grace is to take us to a place where where. Who we are has been conflicting with who God is. We found that in the word, right? It's divided. It's, it's exposed. It's, it's made, made these things possible. And, and, and now we realize, oh, man, I can't even go into the promised land because I'm too weak. <laughs> I've got all these things. And so he says, so I've come to help you with that. Now you have the understanding. You have the revelation of it. But you need the spirit to enable you where you can't. Amen? So let us come boldly. That means, what is, what is boldly? I know I'm going to get it. There needs to be this confidence. Amen? That we're coming to this. We're, I'm going to come to Jesus. <laughs> and, and I'm going to be changed. I'm going to be. I'm, I'm not going to point out the things that I want him to change. You know, I, I want you to do this. No, I, I'm going to let him change me. Amen? I'm going to come to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy. Don't you like that? First of all, I've got to have mercy. Because I, I, will, I will fall if, if it's just me. Right? And we will find grace to help us. When we need it most. You know, I, I'm so grateful that we can apply this, coming to the throne of grace for all kinds of other needs that we might have in our life. But it, in the context of this, we're needing grace in order to enter into rest. Can you see that? Because otherwise, I can't obey God unless he empowers me by grace. The, the help that I need is to obey what I've found out I need to do in him. Amen. So, so that's why it's so so necessary to respond when we hear something from God, to say, God, help me with this. 
I'm going to start doing. I'm going I'm to respond to you. I'm not going to disobey your word that's tugging on my heart right now. I'm going to respond to it right now. Amen? And what we're doing when we're doing that, we're accessing a relationship of grace that is our wonderful priest that has made it possible for us. Amen? And, and, and that becomes, it, 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 it develops a pattern for us also. So that instead of falling back when we fail, we fall forward. Go towards him. Amen? All right, and, and it helped me with this passage in Matthew 11. That's such a wonderful one. I just want to see it in this context. Has this been good? Yeah. All right. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. What are those heavy burdens? That's where you're going to stay. Whenever you're away from the word and away from the throne of grace, right? Anybody that's carrying something, if you're down at all, it, you didn't get it at my throne of grace, you got it away from it by yourself, right? And what does he say? I will give you rest. What is the only way we don't get to have rest? We fail to obey what we discover in the word and we fail to go to him. Now what happens when we get to him? He doesn't say we're just, we're just gonna sit around and twiddle our thumbs under a tree. What does he say? We're going to start doing the actions of God together. You're going to let go of those things that are burdens from the world that you you felt like you needed to do. Here's what always happens. Satan wants to take us to a place where we're occupied with something that we, we qualify as being okay. Remember what Jesus says, come and follow me. Let go of anything else. Just come and follow me. Just let go of anything else, right? Said that, and then you will hook up with my purpose and my grace will be sufficient for you. Whatever you're going through, it'll be enough. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Don't you like this? Here's what, here's what it's always gonna be with God. He's never gonna be forcing anything on us. It's never gonna be a cultish thing that you have to do this or you don't get to be a part of it or no. It's, he said, I'm humble and gentle of heart. I'm going I'm to take you to a place where you can enter in to something that I've made possible for you. And I'm going to empower you to be able to do that. Amen? For my yoke is easy. Huh. Now, yokes are not meant for reposing on your backside. Yokes are meant for pulling, aren't they? They're meant for accomplishing something, right? But it says it's going to be your rest to bear, and the burden I give you is light. 